you I've had enough funerals to do me for a while I've had enough hospital visits nursing home visits I've had enough trauma trouble sadness disappointment in people but more than likely if I live at least another three seconds I'll have more of the above won't we? But thank God we're going to a place. Thank God we're going to a place. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, let's read about that place and then we'll contrast it with where we are. We seem to be good at contrasting around here, don't we? Revelation twenty two twelve. Behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. I don't mind telling you, if every name on that book was in and sealed tonight, as far as my own personal feelings are concerned, I could close my iPad Say amen and walk right out of here into eternity and never look back. But I realize the Lord Jesus loves every one of his children so very, very much. 
For those of us that already and are ready to leave this world, what a great exchange it would be. But he loves his children so much that if there's one that's not ready, one, please may I say this to you tonight. If it's you, would you mind hurrying? If you're the one that's holding the rest of us up, would you mind getting with the program? Amen. Apparently some of y'all ain't home, sick. Y'all just looking at me. Oh my, I'm ready to leave this world, friends. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We're so grateful and so appreciative in our hearts for all that you've done. Lord, in talking the way that I just have, it's not that we do not want to do everything that we are called to do. And I desire to complete the work that you have laid before me. And Lord, I'm not suicidal tonight. I'm not looking for a gun to end my life. And I'm not looking for something to overdose on and get out of here. I want to stay here until every devil I'm ordained to conquer, I conquer. But Lord Jesus, we hear about home and we sing about it. And it just makes such a longing in our hearts. There's nothing in this world that can compare to what awaits for us, Lord. May you speak to us tonight, would you, Father, from your precious word. May we gain that which you have set aside for us in this service tonight. We come to you confessing that we are a needy people, and we say that quite often here. But we want you to know that we believe you are the only resource that we can look to that would be able to meet our needs and our desires. Help us tonight. Blessed Father, we love you so much. And we know that you've got a good meal prepared for us. So we're going to thank you for this food that we're about to eat in advance because we know you always feed good stuff. And we thank you for your word tonight. May you anoint us to have an appetite as it was to be able to feed on the unfailing body word of the Son of Man. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, saints. You may be seated. I know and no doubt it would seem quite odd and really peculiar as it were to the majority of people of the world who live in the hour that we're living with Laodicea's slackness and coldness and indifference that is on the majority of the people of the world today. And they would hear us pining and moaning as it was for another world, a land beyond the river, an old man's dream, or whatever they would wish to call it. But for those of us who've been touched by that heavenly realm, let them say what they want to say. It's beyond really any words that we know to explain how we really feel inside of our soul. That's something beyond this mortal life. I don't care if you're the richest man in this world. Whoever owns that top spot now, I'm happy for them. I'm glad they're there. I don't envy them. I don't want their billions or whatever they have. But in reality, they don't have the peace that I have right here tonight in this building. They can't have unless they know the Holy Ghost and they're born of the Spirit of God and they're feasting on the message of the hour. Now, they may have the most expensive cars and houses and everybody knows their name and all that sort of thing. That's not the kind of peace I'm talking about. 
So for us that have that something down inside of us, I know we're peculiar and we are very, very different because we have already been able to taste of that heavenly land. And as Joshua was able to call out these men and send them across the land and they brought back a little bit of a portion of what was there. And we know that the ten men saw the same thing the two did and they come back with an evil report and brought this report back that they could never be able to do it. Some of you original Happy Valleyans, you may remember one of the first sermons that I ever preached to you over 30 years ago and that was entitled Able or Not. It was taken from the book of Numbers whenever the spies went over and ten of them come back with an evil report and two had a good report and I ask you then and I ask you the same thing tonight. Are we able or not? Well, it's evident that some of the ones that screamed and hollered 30 years ago ain't here tonight, so apparently they wasn't able. And hopefully some of you tonight, if I ask that question, if the Lord lives me in another 30, hopefully he won't. But if he does, then all of you that share tonight will say, Amen! Hallelujah! And if your grandchildren have to get help you get your arm up, you say, Say it, Grandpa! Amen, Brother Donnie! Praise God! Are we able, Happy Valley? Are we able to take our inheritance? Yes, we are. Every inch of the ground we know we will have to fight for, but we also know it is worth the fight. As we look into the great divine promises of God and we see the divine nature of our fathers, he's chose to pull us up real close to himself. My, I know that you understand that in the last little bit all hell's been breaking loose all around us, but at the same time he's been nudging us a little bit closer to his person and he's been opening up things about himself that he wants to whisper deep, deep, deep secrets down to those that really love him more than all the things of the world. I'm glad to be where I am. I don't know about you. But at the same time, we know that we're facing many things. And no doubt many of you tonight, whether visible or invisible audience, you'd say that you're going through things that you've never went through before. And maybe facing things that you never had an idea that you'd ever be where you are. And yet the grace of God has brought each of us safe thus far. And by that faithfulness, it gives us courage and hope that the same God who brought us this far will take us from here on to the end of our journey. Now we know the world must transition from what little bit of light that is left. And when Brother Branham looked, 1977 was as far as he could see. So this is why that he predicted, did not prophesy, but predicted that the end would come. Now by vision he's looking out there and he can see no farther than 1977. So imagine, here you are, you've been living since that time frame when the light of God has pretty much been obliterated from the church age. So it's total darkness as far as the majority, just a little sliver of light when he drawed it on the church age. But then when he sees it up to 1977, total darkness. So here we are living in that time of darkness. That's why when you pray, you get down to pray at home or at church or whatever it is, it seems like you fight all the powers of hell to get your prayers through. 
when you sing, when you clap your hands, when you go to church, everything you go to do that has anything spiritual about it, you might as well get ready. You're going to fight all hell to do it. You can do any natural thing, any carnal thing there is. Pick up your Bible to read it and you get sleepy. Lay it down. Pick up a hunting magazine. It won't affect you near as much. Uh, pick up, lay down your Bible, lay down a message book, pick up a golfing magazine. You sisters, pick up a taste of country or some type of you know living magazine or, or get on Facebook and this and that and this. Boy, your eyes pop up and you wake up, my, 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 and pick up your Bible, play a switcheroo on the devil real quick and lay your iPad down and pick up your Bible and that old sleepy thing will get all over you all over again. Well, it proves he don't want us doing nothing that has spiritual implications to our life. So what does he do? He discourages us. Well, every time I try to do that, I, I guess, Brother Donnie, there ain't no need in me doing it. I'm sure glad Brother Branham didn't feel that way. As a matter of fact, whenever he brought to us one of the greatest messages he ever preached, recognizing your damnedest message, he said, I'd eaten some corn. And he said, I was trying to get away from that. And I picked up my Bible. And he said, I'd read it and I'd go to sleep. And I was walking around trying to get away from that corn. And it seemed like the Lord was trying to show me something that I couldn't find it out and I said devil get out of my way I'm going to keep on pressing boy am I glad he pressed Amen. I guarantee you sometimes these song leaders get up here, they don't feel in a good mood. They've had bad days and all kinds of bad things. Aren't you glad they press? I guarantee you my brother gets on that organ, Brother Larry gets on the piano, the brothers get on their instruments. They've not had a good day. They've not had a real pleasant time. But I'm so glad they put their fingers on those keys or strings or drumsticks and play. I'm glad whoever's stepping out of that office is willing to say, God, I've got a headache. God, I don't feel good. God, I feel a little bit sick. But they say, but God, I hear that song being sung. It is my call to duty. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad the Lord Jesus did not look at the pain of the cross, the death of the cross, the separation from the eternal and say, you know what? This is a big price to pay. This is a big price to pay, especially for people that I know after I save them. They're going to make thousands of mistakes the rest of their life. As a matter of fact, every day thereafter, I'm going to need to forgive them. They're going to fall short of my glory. They're going to have attitude problems are going to have all kinds of other problems aren't you glad he didn't look at that oh i hope you come to have church tonight but i'm glad he looked beyond our faults and he saw our need he looked beyond our shortcomings and saw there was something in us that was bigger than time it was bigger than sin it was bigger than our mistakes it was bigger than our shortcoming amen it was bigger than his his blood bigger than his pain all of that that was going to come out of his body all the suffering must have been horrendous but he see set before him you and I and run this course with faith knowing hallelujah that he was going to be the one that was going
going to redeem us and absolutely nothing was going to stop him. Oh my, one of the brothers posted a quote today, a minister, and sent it to me. When Brother Ram said, when God calls a man and he speaks to a man, he gives him faith. He said when he calls him, he gives him ambition. When he calls him, he gives him desire. That ain't human ambition. That's not denominational ambition. That is godly desire, godly ambition, godly purpose, godly motive. Come on, Happy Valley. I don't believe it's just that way with a preacher. I believe when God calls a housewife, he gives her ambition. When God calls a farmer, when God calls a painter, whatever it is, God. Remember the prophet said when God called Noah, that Noah had really no ambition in life, no particular thing he wanted to accomplish in life. Can you imagine God calling a man like that? Somebody I'd call to be a redneck, a guy that really didn't have nothing he wanted to do. What are you going to do? Well, I'm not sure. What are you going to mount to in life? Not sure. And God said, you're mine, boy. I want you to build me a boat. Well, you know what? God had to turn a man around. He had no ambition, had no desire, had nothing. But God said, that's all right. I'll give him a good dose of desire. I'll give him a good dose of ambition. I'll give him a good dose of call. I'll give him a good dose of burden. I'll fix up that old boy. But I don't mind telling you he's going to have to do us the same way because most of us are sorry as a bunch I don't know what. We wasn't no good. We had real no desire to amount to nothing and some of the rest of you had a desire. You wanted to be everything. God had to mash your face and be able to push you down in the mud to realize your ambition was going to get you nowhere fast. So, you know, there's no perfect makeup. There is no perfect human on the earth. So God has to bend one this way and shape the other one that way. He has to knock some down, has to lift some up, has to whack some tongue off, some ears off, some eyes off. And when he gets us all done we're completely remade totally redone and there's nothing we can say well hallelujah I've done this didn't I go up ain't none of us going to be able to ever say we've done much of anything all we learned how to do was simply surrender which is one of the greatest things we can ever do in hell well praise God who in the world was that for you, 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 oh, okay, all right. Well, I was just wondering. I was just curious because that wasn't, that wasn't here, see, so I was just wondering who that's for. Now, notice then, so God desires that there will be a people pulled under a heavenly atmosphere. Now, we know at the breaking of the seals that much of what happened at the breaking of the seals, part of it was in the past, part of it was in the future, but we know when the second seal broke and the revelation come clear of what it was that the red horse rider came out and the scripture said it was given to him a power and that power was to take peace from the earth. Now, whenever this happened, of course, during the church ages, it was an anointing and administration as it was to cause war upon the earth. So it was a power, an excuse here, a power that was given to be able to take peace from the earth. Now, we know these horse riders, they culminate their power until it comes right to the end time. Now, even though that second seal historically has already happened, yet the same thing is on the earth tonight, that there is power that are on the earth to take peace from the people on the earth. Some people would rather argue and fuss and fight and debate than to live in peace. The sad thing about it is some of them come here to church. I mean, uh, 
That's right. Some folks would rather debate. They would rather argue. They love a good argument. I, I don't understand anybody in the right mind being that way, but I know there are people that way. There's nations that are that way, and we know what causes nations, the prophet said in Victory Day, is that those spirits get jealous of one another. So the spirit of Russia hates the spirit that's on America, and it'll actually be that which will anoint the Russians to be able to bring this nation to its knees one day. So the spirit on Germany jealous against the spirit on France. The spirit of the Baptist church hates the spirit on the Methodist church, even though they're under the same headship. But yet they'll fight and argue and debate and back and forth, back and forth. But then you wonder, well, how in the world is it then that arguments gets among Holy Ghost-filled people? Oh, my. So we all claim to have the Holy Ghost, claim to be going to the same place. So you realize that there must be something that is allowed to be released among us as well. What's it there for? To take peace from the earth. So it's going to be a battle, my brother, sister. In order for us as the bride tree, remember four death messengers took the fruit, the leaves, all of the things that God gave the original bride tree, four death messengers took that away from that bright tree. So it's going to be four life messengers that will bring the restoration right back to where the bride tree in the last day is living in the same stature that she was when Satan took it down. Would it come easy? Nope, it won't be easy, but it will be done. How will it be done? Through frail human beings just like you and us. Now God's not going to spend some divine cocoon and place us in that cocoon and we're going to be free from stress, free from worry, free from trouble. Nope. But what he's going to do is so fill us with the Holy Ghost, equip us with God called ministry, equip us with tapes, with Bibles, with singers, with musicians, with churches, with pastors, with evangelists, with absolutely everything we need to live right here in the middle of hell and be fully equipped to live in hell and be victorious every day of our life. Now by that I don't mean you ain't going to do some cry. By that I don't mean that you're always going to go around with a smile on your face. That's just folks that smoke dope. So God don't want his children smoking dope but what he wants us to be so filled with the Holy Ghost that even so the flesh may struggle, the flesh may wrestle and the spirit may struggle but the soul on the inside praise God the soul has got joy unspeakable and full of glory oh hallelujah now remember these realms that we're in in that future home of course these realms that we so know about right now three above us and three below us will not be there and the quote we've been looking at here we'll go to the end of it there brother Brad brother Ben said the fruit that you bear before people proves where you're from so you are here what you are somewhere else your life that you live here is just reflecting what your inheritance is when you leave here. So people who wind up going to the regions of the lost, guess what? They're not going to be here, saints of God, filled with the Holy Ghost, going to church, believing the word of the hour, and then wind up going to the sixth dimension, or wind up going to the fifth dimension, and they wind up being lost. Totally impossible. Because what they're reflecting here would not allow them to go there. You want that assurance you ain't going there? Reflect the sixth dimension first. 
then no matter what the devil says, no matter what cancer might get you or TB or, or car wreck, whatever, that has nothing to do with where you are going. So live like heaven, guess what? Guess where you get to go? Heaven. Live like hell? Come on, it don't take a rocket scientist to finish that statement. Live like hell, where are you going? What? Live like heaven, where are you going? And some of y'all let the devil beat the far out of you every day of your life, wonder where you're going. What's the matter? You living like hell? You acting like hell? You talking like hell? You thinking like hell? Well, if you do, straighten up and get hell out of your life and get your life full of heaven. Get your life. What is heaven? Heaven consists of the word. Amen. Notice in Romans chapter 14, verse 19. Let's go back to this little fruit called peace. Boy, I've been enjoying this little fruit called peace. I didn't realize how much we was going to get into on this little fruit. But boy, I, I, you know, fruit, I, I guess this piece is sort of like, maybe in my mind, I, Brother Jack, I thought it would be about like a cranberry, you know, just something kind of small, little teeny thing. And boy, faith would be like this big gigantic watermelon, you know, and great old big fruits of this and that and the other. But I'm beginning to wonder about peace now. I'm beginning to wonder if peace ain't a little bit bigger than a cranberry. And peace might be a little bit bigger than, you know, some type of and little bitty old things that don't really matter. I believe it matters more than what we think. I believe the peace of God that passeth understanding is one of the greatest things that you and I as the children of God can be able to express in this hour. In so much as I remind you that Paul said, let the peace of God be the umpire of your hearts. Amen. Now, notice then when we move beyond peace with God, then we move into Romans 14, 19. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for trouble and heartache and dissension. Let us therefore follow after the things. So there are things that make peace and there are things that don't. That's right. Now, wow, that was deep, wasn't it? <sighs> yes, it was. It's deeper than the most of humans will ever grasp. Let us therefore follow. So there are things that we must follow which will make for peace and things wherewith one may edify with another. Now there's no way that we can make peace with God. So this is not referring to us making peace with God, us being able to do something and God say, all right, now you've done this and this and this. I'm okay with you now. That's all right. No, there's nothing we could do. There was only one mediator between God and man and that was the man Christ Jesus but here now we have the commission as sons and daughters of peace to find and follow which is to hunt as a hunter after an animal 
It's what the word follow means. So it's not just a casual, okay, I'll think about it. No, it's as this man that is after this animal and he's going after because he's hungry or whatever it is and he goes down through the water and he goes up on the mountain and he goes down the side and he does whatever he's got to do. You mean that's what I'm supposed to do when it comes to things about being peaceful? You know, some of the things that you can follow to make peace many times is keeping our mouth shut. What do you think about so-and-so? People say, cat got your tongue? Say, nope, Holy Ghost got it. Facebook and every time somebody says something against you, you, you spend all day defending yourself. Why would you want to spend all day defending yourself? Let God defend you. If people are lying on you, people are saying this and that and the other, you understand when you take it out of his hands, God said, all right, fine, if you want to defend yourself, go ahead. I'd much rather him defend me than me do it. My, there's no way in the world I can fight what he can fight. So you know what? Sometimes then there's things that we must follow which will make for peace. Like turning the other cheek. Of course, for a lot of us, the only time we turn the other cheek is when we're turning to reach to get our 45 and then they hit us when we turn our cheek. I might have to finish this sermon back here in the office. Well, apparently somebody here needed this, or it might have been somebody streaming the service tonight. I don't know, because this is what the Lord put on my heart, so I I figure I better follow it. Notice this. So Paul says that we should follow those things which should make after peace. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace. And things wherewith one may edify another. I wonder if every day of our lives we judge everything we do and we say, does this edify the body? Does this edify my wife, my children, the pastor, the body of Jesus Christ? I would imagine there'd be some things we do and say, that we probably wouldn't do. Um, Brother Bradley, uh, please stay with me after the service tonight because I feel the real need to make that amen tape. Oh my. Romans, again, now watch what he says that Follow after the things that make peace and the things wherewith one may edify. Okadome is the act of building up. The act of one who promotes another's growth in Christian wisdom, piety, happiness, and holiness. Or it is a building or the thing built or an edifice. Now this is an ancient word, edifice, and this is what in ancient times that they actually call sanctuaries or place of worship. 
an edifice. So Paul said, if we will follow after the things that make for peace, then what we're going to do is we'll be, become instruments of the sons of God and daughters of God, and we will be children of peace, and God will actually use us to help build up somebody else. Oh my, a lot of folks spend all of their time building up. Yes, you guessed it, themselves. They are what they love most. They are what they talk about most. They are what they think about most. You sound like you're kin to the devil. Because that's the way he was. I will, I will, I will, I will. Preach, Brother Donnie. Amen, Brother Donnie. I'm with you, Brother Donnie. You see, the church is compared to a city or a building. So where you are going is only a reflection of what you have done while you've been here in time reflecting where you came from. So those who never spent their life in building up the edifice of God, guess what? They will not live in the edifice of God shaped like a pyramid in heaven. Why? Because you are here what you are somewhere else. Now, so then think about the things that we should do to edify. Notice this in Romans 15, 13. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Wow, you mean joy and peace comes in believing? Well, this is why we should have joy and peace as believers. Well, I'm a believer. Well, let your face know it. And let all the rest of us know that you're happy going this way. Don't act like you're being whooped to death. Don't act like, you know, you're eating, uh, you know, persimmons in January. Uh, don't act like, oh, I hate going to church. Oh, God, I hate it. Well, why don't you let yourself know that you're going to heaven and you're kind of happy about it. There ought to be a joy in believing that believers have because they are believers. <laughs> it's the effect of believing that produces a joy and a peace. That ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. For God is not the ulcer of but of peace as in all churches of the saints which includes Happy Valley Church of Jesus Christ. God is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all the churches oh my of the saints notice 2 Corinthians 13 11 finally brethren farewell be perfect be of good comfort be of one mind 
Look at the meaning of this word. Live peaceably. To cultivate or keep peace. Harmony. Or to be at peace. Now notice what he says. That this peace will not actually cultivate itself. Because peace is not a weed. Peace is a fruit. And you know how picky some fruits are. They just won't go out on the side of the bank somewhere. They won't go right in the midst of briars and brambles and thorns and TV programs and, and porn on your phone and all kinds of trash and nonsense. No, weeds do that. Fruits are very, very picky. The fruits of God will not grow in bitterness and anger. Oh, I wish somebody would have church with me. Fruits of God will not grow in bitterness or anger or worldliness. They must have fertile ground. They must be cultivated. They must be hoed, chopped out. They must have some supernatural miracle grow put on them every now and then. And they've got to be cultivated sometimes by the owner. Now, if you get out there with a weed eater and you figure that's the, that's the cultivating tool for peace, you just delayed your peace growth. You've got to have the right tool, and sometimes it might be a little small gooseneck. Oh, oh, man, you're getting out there, and you're just cutting, and oh, you're trying to, you may have to get, actually bend down on your knees. I know for some, maybe be, God say, wow, it's been years since I've heard that sound. Down on your knees. Why? You're getting down there. We say, oh, God, take this bitterness out of me, Lord. Take this lawfulness out of me, Lord. Take this laziness out of me, Lord. What are you doing? You're cultivating your fruits in your life. You're reaching down there and grabbing a hold of that root of bitterness and laziness or whatever more. Oh, but you see, we're a remote generation. So we scroll down our menu and we select peace. And then we come over, great peace, moderate peace, average peace, great peace, of course. So we select great peace. And we're saying, well, I selected it. Why isn't it here? You got the wrong tool. God ain't like your TV. Uh-oh. God ain't like your computer. God ain't like your stereo. God, you don't turn God up and down. God still grows fruits in Christians the old-fashioned way. Slowfully, prayerfully, painfully. Amen. Amen. To cultivate or keep peace, harmony, to be at peace. Finally, brethren, oh my farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind. Live, live. Not wish, not hope, but live. Live. This is your sphere, friends. This is part of your land. Don't 
Those of you that live in torment and you live in fear and you live in this and that, you're letting the devil rob you. You can live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. You see, this is the land that God lives in. God ain't going to move out of the land of peace into the land of torment and fear and all the rest of that stuff to be your neighbor. But Paul says, get out of fear. Get out of torment and live in the land of peace and the God of love and the God of peace will live right there with you. Notice this in Ephesians 4 too. With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Look at this word, that which binds together. A band, bond of ligaments by which the members of the human body are united together. Bones are a wonderful thing. But can you imagine if God right here tonight took all the ligaments out of our body? Our heart would be here, our kidneys, all the organs, our brain, you know, cells, blood, so on and so on. But the ligaments which kept us together, Brother Larry, were all of a sudden gone. What would we see? Piles of bones. Some of y'all wouldn't be batting them eyes while you're batting them at me now. So all of a sudden, what makes your wrist be attached to your arm and your elbow and your forearm, to your shoulder, to your torso, all the rest of your body, all of a sudden, when peace is taken from the mystical body, can't you see why we feel a nervous wreck at times? Don't you see what happens to us? If Satan can take our personal peace, our church peace, our national peace, what we become a pile of bones. Oh my, you've still got that pretty nose you had redone at the surgeon and that floppy thing that was hanging down on your chin. It's all gone now. Oh, ain't that pretty. Don't that look so much better? But you're just piled up in a pile. So let's everybody clap our hands. What do you think? I can't clap. I can't move. I feel all out of sorts. I heard that. I don't know about you. I've been here when my peace was taken from me. And I felt so out of sorts. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know which way to go. Why, Brother Mark? Because the bond of my ligaments which kept me together was taken. 
Can't you see what a great thing peace is? Amen, Brother Donnie. I'm going to see if I can throw my voice from that side so it'll sound like Brother Jack said amen. Amen, Brother Donnie. Let me do it from the back now so it'll sound like somebody in the back said, Amen, Brother Donnie. Thank you back there in the back. My, you see us pride and arrogance and self-exaltation. Mm. Build division, contention in a body. What does, what does peace do? It reverses all that. You don't have to worry about being the best preacher. You don't have to worry about being the best singer. You don't have to worry about being the best musician, the most thought of, the well-loved. No, 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 no. You can have peace in being what God has made you to be. Because to you it's not a competition anyway. Paul said they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. So really those that are born again, it's not who's got the biggest church. It's not who's got the greatest hand clapping whenever they're done with their singing or preaching or whatever more. It's doing what Father wanted them to do. It's not just by you taking your violin and playing it and the hundreds of people saying, yes, bravo, bravo, bravo. It's you looking at the master and the master nodding his head. That means more to me than all the bravos, all the hallelujahs, all the pats on the back. Let the master look at me and nod his head. That's what I want. I'm going to go a little farther. I ain't going to ask if it's okay. <laughs> First Thessalonians 5.12 We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you, the Lord, and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for the work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. I realize we're beyond Paul. I realize a lot of the message folks say, well, we don't even need the Bible no more. They don't even need the Bible. They don't need the stuff like this. It's just so simple, simple, simple. That's why they fuss and fight and argue and debate. We went beyond the Bible. Brother Branham never pointed us beyond our Bible. As a matter of fact, it was his desire that we would fall in love not only with the Bible, but the author. Notice this in Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men. Oh, I love the way he ties this together. Follow peace with all men and holiness. Wow, what a strange place to bring in holiness. And holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Now again, this word follow is the hunter in pursuit of his game. Now I put this meaning down. And he tracks the footsteps of his prey. So here he goes. So what are we to do then? We're to follow after God. We're to follow after peace. Like this hunter looking for the quarry. And the quarry knows that he's there. I've been in Africa and different places where you're hunting something. I hunted an animal there years ago called an eland. Stood six and a half feet tall at the shoulder. Weighed about 2,000 pounds. I 
I followed him for hours and hours and hours. A lonely, isolated type of a big old bull. And he knew I was there. He knew myself and the God was on him. And I would get up to 225 yards and he would move. Brother David was there with me. We'd come up a little bit closer because he knew someone was on his trail. Oh my, I want peace to look back and say, watch out. Here comes Donnie. Donnie's honed in like a bloodhound. <laughs> the problem with us is we say, come here, peace. Hey, 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 come here. Now suit yourself. I'm giving you 30 seconds. If you don't come here, I'm going on to, the, to, to, to Walmart. But if we pursued peace the way we pursued getting rich or the way we pursued somebody seeing our side of the story, you talking about being a happy church at Happy Valley. Wow. So we take off after it. And peace looks back and says, Oh Lord, there's Scott again. Uh-huh. And Scott goes, And Pete says, there he is. There he is. Run, run. Go over the hill. Go down the dale. Go across the creek. And your scotch is... <laughs> now be honest. Most of us have never sought peace this way. We've just constantly, kind of casually said, I wish I had peace. Well, peace, where are you? I mean, I've done said I want you. What else you want me to do? Get on your walking shoes, bud. You might need your boots. I don't pack your lunch. On second thought, maybe you ought to pack something to last you for the rest of your life. Praise God. Bring your raincoat. Bring an umbrella. Bring you water, bring you food, because more than likely it'll be something that the devil will try his best to take from you because he knows how much you need it. Wow. So you go down the river, you go through the woods, you go through the trials, you go through the test, the whole time pursuing peace. Why yours? You got a tag. Now, for you sisters that don't understand, many of the states of the United States, you cannot just go hunting. Lord willing, I'm supposed to go to Arizona here in a few days. Brother Mike Price, Brother Doug Baker, and myself got drawed for an elk tag. Well, you can't just show up in Arizona. And I said, well, I want to. I want to. I'm the mayor's son. I'm the governor's son. That don't make any difference. You've got to be drawed. You've got to be drawed for a certain unit. You've got to be drawed for a certain time frame. You don't just go when you want to. But you know what? Once we get there, if one walks out in front of us, <laughs> hallelujah, one walks out in front of us and I shoot him, my brother Mike shoots him, my brother Doug shoots him, whatever it is, and the game warden comes out, all right, boys, where's your license? I want your tag. Right here it is, sir. So when I'm able, by the grace of God, I was drawn before the foundation of the world had peace. I was drawn, amen, before the foundation of the world had joy in the middle of trials. I was drawn to have peace in the middle of Laodicea. So the devil said, you ain't got no right, here's my tag, devil. I've got the blood tag. 
so you fight through quarrels. You fight through family arguments. You imagine the Lord Jesus when he comes to the earth with this great commission to save man's soul. Two brothers are having an argument about their inheritance. One of them comes up to the Lord Jesus and says, cause my brother to divide the inheritance with me. The Savior of the world is on the earth. What's he interested in? His money. Jesus answered him well. Man, who made me a judge over you? You'll have to seek peace in the middle of family squabbles. Well, I'm going to go ahead and preach. I mean, I'm, I'm done so far in now. <laughs> you have to seek peace in the middle of church situations. Amen. Well, glory to God. Brother Melvin, it's getting awful warm in here, buddy. Don't, don't worry about turning the air down. You'll freeze him into an ice cube to be able to get it. <laughs> Not just wished after. Oh, peace is not Disneyland. You go with your Mickey Mouse ears and your Mickey Mouse T-shirt. Oh, we're going to Disney. Let's go not to Disney, but let's go to God's land. Let's let hell see some heaven on earth before we leave here. Let's let hell not see a bunch of cowards and a bunch of babies, but let's let hell see heaven on this earth. Wow. But yet, we are to seek peace coupled with holiness. In other words, that we don't want peace even with our neighbors. Peace with family members. So bad that we compromise holiness to get it. Well, I've got a compromise, you know. I'm, I'm trying to make peace in the family. Why is it that we're the ones that's always expected to give up everything? We're always the ones that's expected to compromise our standards. Well, hallelujah. Oh, come on. Now, don't get quiet. I'm going to show your nephew decides that he wants to marry a boy instead of a girl. And you're supposed to show love, thanksgiving, and welcome both of them. What's wrong with him showing love and coming by himself? Oh, I didn't get many hand claps. We're supposed to show love and compromise what we believe. Why? Why? Ooh, I want peace, but my brother and sister not at the compromise of holiness. I want everybody at this church that the Lord wants here, but I don't want it to fill that packed out church at the compromise of holiness. Amen. 
them and I have to do that we'll scale down and rent us a 40 by 60 and we'll have a Holy Ghost meeting and have less people if need be I'd rather have the move of God than have a packed out crowd and have nothing but bobbed hair, painted face Jezebels, men hooked on pornography and hooked on alcohol come on brother Donnie, hooked on the things of the world and don't want nothing to do with God, I'd rather have six than see the power of God among us Well, I studied to preach in the morning, but if y'all don't want me to, I understand. (laughs) We do not want to endanger holiness for the cause of so-called peace. I I know it's a balance. I believe we're able to attain an element of godly peace and not compromise holiness. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Without holiness, they will never behold the face of our Lord Jesus. Now just in case I didn't cover it for you Wednesday night. Let me make it plain for you tonight. In case some of you all was wondering. If I thought that Jesus might have a similarity to look like God. No. That's not what I meant. Jesus was the looks of God. He didn't look like God. He was God's looks. If God ever had looks, it was Jesus Christ. It wasn't like when Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Oh, they both looked identical. No, God did not have looks. Jesus Christ was the looks or the fashion or the image of the almighty, invisible, eternal Elohim. Listen to this part of your reward. Revelation 22, 3, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face. And his name shall be on their foreheads. Notice it don't say that they'll see their faces, because there ain't but one face that deity has. Now, Brother Bram said his mom and daddy both prior to him was Catholic. And he said they believed in triune beings. He said they believed God the Father was an old man with a long beard. And the Lord Jesus is more like a middle-aged guy. And the Holy Ghost is more like a, a mascot. Well, praise the Lord. But he said he'd come to find out. He said it wasn't that way at all. Lord, what in the world am I doing back in Wednesday night? 
And let me just drop you a little bombshell for Wednesday coming up. There's a great difference in believing the truth about God the Son and the Son of God. I do not believe in God the Son. I believe in the Son of God. You believe God the Son, you believe that He was an eternal being in heaven. Lord have mercy, what in the world am I doing here? You believe that He was an eternal being in the heaven. There is no such a thing as eternal sonship. He come out of the Father. He is the face of the Father. He is the body of the Father. And your reward will be beholding His face. You see, in the Middle East, none but the greatest favorites of the king were admitted but to see his face. Second Samuel 14, 23, so Joab arose and went to Geshur and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, let him turn to his own house. And let him not see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house. And saw not the king's face. Those that live outside the city. They come and go. They might get to come every thousand years. As far as time is measured on the outside. Ever 500 years, ever 5,000, whatever it is. Why? They only got glimpses of him in time. But because you sit at his table, my favorite chef. You remember when the inheritance switched over to King David? And he made a covenant of pact with Jonathan. He said, please don't destroy my seat. Don't destroy him. He said, I'll make you a promise, brother. Amen. And a woman grabbed a hold of Mephibosheth when he was a young boy. And when the king was being changed over. Amen. Amen. And this woman fell. Yeah. And in the fall, Mephibosheth became crippled and he couldn't walk because a woman fell hallelujah and when David became king he said I want to search through the land is there any of Saul's inheritance alive is there any of Jonathan's seed that's left on the earth search under the earth search the title record see if you can find in the title deed is there any of their seed left? And guess what they found? They didn't find a mighty prince that come upon a great white horse. But they found a crippled up boy. And they said, set him a table. A place right here at my table. Let him eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
rise you every day. Well, glory to God, I feel like shouting a little bit. I was like on Mephibosheth, amen. In the fall, Eve fell, and whenever she fell and Adam fell, I was all crippled up of sin. But the Lord did a search, and he found that I was part of the original sea line. Hallelujah. Oh, here I am. I'm still crippled up with old age, and I've still got this and that and the other sitting at the king's table. Did not eradicate the lameness, but it raised his dignity. It raised his position. And he could say, I eat with the king. Hallelujah. Other people could say, I'm better than you. I can walk. How did you get there? I found favor in the eyes of the king. Aren't you glad to be invited to sit at the table of the king? Praise God. Let's read this tonight and we'll read it again maybe in the morning. Brother Brad, jump down to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. For he that will love life and see good days. Our friends, in reality, don't we all want that? Just to love life. You know, there's people in this world that are alive, but they don't love life. There's Christians that way. They are so miserable. They don't like work. They don't like their family. They don't like church. They don't like nothing. You think that's the epitome of a Christian? Where did you get that idea? It's contrary to Scripture. He that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil, which means avoid. Go out of the way to turn aside. To shun one. Now all of us do that. But sometimes we're not shunning evil. We shun people. Sometimes the one that can help us the most. And we shun good. I mean we're, we're something ain't we? We're something. We, we, we much easier do that which is wrong. Than that which is good. Why? You're still left in this old thorn. You got this carnal, sticky thing about you. So you're a thorn, and you go to church with thorns. And you're married to a thorn. Now some of you won't want to scream amen right there, but she's standing there by you. Or him. That's the loudest amens I've heard from some of your spirits and ever. Oh, come on now. Surely you don't believe it'd be right for a thorn to marry a chrysanthemum. 
So you married a thorn, then you and her got together. Guess what you produced? Little thorns. Guess what these Sunday school teachers teach? Little thorns. And they're trying to do their best to keep them from growing up like you all, big thorns. And we got song leaders that are thorns. We got musicians that are thorns. And preachers that are thorns. Well, I don't understand the rest of you that's just looking at us thorns tonight like you've got these wings on your back. That ain't wings. That's just your little thorny branches on the side. You're a nettle. You thought them was wings all these years. That's a nettle. My friends, the marvel is God by His grace has took that old thorn out of your heart and transplanted it with the wheat. And one day in the change, finally, your wheat nature will come out. I know people don't like to quote this quote, but I'm going to quote it because it's the truth and we need to hear it. He says, you're going to have a carnal, sticky nature, and it's going to bother you as long as you're here. You've heard me say it before, and I'm going to keep on saying it. Thank God it bothers you. Thank God it bothers you. Praise God. This is why you struggle to keep peace, have joy, all these things. Let's bow our heads together if you would. Lord Jesus, the mystery to us tonight is not why we would love you, why we would be astounded at your mercy and your grace toward us. But it's still a marvel to us, Lord, that you would love us in spite of all of our shortcomings and our weaknesses. We know that you can look beyond what we, of course, can see and see us in that eternal state. We still look at ourselves now, Lord. Our shortcomings, our fears, our failures, struggling with peace. So many of these folks don't struggle with gambling and, and, and many of those things. It's, it's in the past. But they struggle to be happy. They struggle to have deep, settled peace. To have joy. To bear that Christ-like image that they want so desperately. Help us, Father. May we pursue it, Lord God. May every man, woman, boy, and girl, under the sound of my voice tonight, may they go after peace like a bloodhound on a trail. Praise God. May they leave here tonight. I know we just haven't placed the value on it, Lord. I I pray you'd forgive us. Lord, forgive me if I haven't preached it before, but... I can't preach it until you quicken it to me, Lord. But I pray after we hear it, Lord, that we will, we will so desire it. Oh, we've wanted deep things and the message and great mysteries and this and that and the other. Lord, we love that too. But what good does all that do us if we don't have peace in our homes, peace in our life? And when we lay down at night, that we don't fear 
if we don't wake up in the morning where we're going. Oh, Jesus, may we pursue it. Some of these brothers that love to hunt, they can't wait for the fall to come. They can't wait for the cool mornings when the frost is on the leaves. and They know that'll put the deer to moving. And they get out before daylight and climb up a tree. And whatever more, and the wife thinks they're crazy. They spend hours up in there just looking and looking. And because they pursue it. God help us to pursue peace this way. Praise God. I wonder if some of us men wouldn't be better men. Better husbands, better fathers, if we pursued peace like we did a 160-inch deer or a turkey in the spring or a, or a crappie or a bass or whatever it is that we enjoy doing, a hole-in-one on the golf course, that we would pursue peace. We would pursue it through the trials and the arguments and the family differences. And, oh, God. Whenever the family's just really going and arguing, and boy, we get tempted just to jump right in the middle of a big family feud. But instead of pursuing that, we pursue peace. Praise God. Lord, I don't know if there'll be anybody even here tonight that's heard this. That'll do it. It might be somebody down in South Africa, and you had me to study all this out. For one person, maybe over in France, they may not even hear it till in the morning. But when they press that, and something speaks to their heart, and they're changed forever, it'll be worth every bit of it, Lord. But I don't want somebody in France to get what's destined for me. I don't want somebody in Europe and somebody in South Africa. I want my peace, Lord. I want my joy. I want what this land has with my name of it. Why should I just stand and look at grapes that are so big that it takes two men to pack a cluster? And me stand there and slobber at the mouth as it were and say, well, man, I can't imagine what them would taste like. Boy, there must be something. Wow, there must really be something. But I guess that ain't for me. I guess that ain't for me. Lord God, let me look like one of old whose name was a dog, Caleb. May I be able to look at that and say, God placed me in the tribe of Judah. I was of the Edomites, but God called me. And I was merged into the glory tribe of praise. When I was in that land, something so united in my soul to that land. I'm not even worried that I have it. But I saw my name written in that land when I was there. Praise God. Help us, Lord Jesus. Praise God. We love you, Lord. Oh, we worship you tonight, mighty God. Can we just raise our hands, saints, in the presence of the King? Maybe, maybe the doctor gave you a bad report. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe you're about to lose your home, your car. Or it can be, it can be so many things. And it feels like that you've done everything you know to do and it seems like God's not heard you.
You may have to fight through this battle. You may have to pursue it. But peace will be there if you'll be faithful. Who knows? It might be just over the crest of the next hill. And you're so close to it that when you top this mountain, when you climb out of this valley and top this mountain, peace is set down on the other side because you have just about run him to death. And he's sitting down catching his breath. And as soon as you crest this mountain, you're going to overtake peace. Praise God. Because you have been so persistent. You have chased him and chased him till you have wore him down. Don't give up. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we worship you tonight, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You love him, saints. How many wants this kind of peace in your heart? Look at me just a moment. You'd not believe the text in the emails that I've got in the last few weeks of things that's happened in people's lives dealing with this about peace. Certain family here that comes to the church had issues with people that lived by them for years. Years. God, by His grace, allowed them to speak to these people and be able to make peace. And the one who caused the trouble now lays dead tonight. But God in His mercy allowed them after hearing the sermon on peace to be able to make peace. Now what do you figure that's worse? What do you figure that's worse to these people? To be able to lay down at night and know that God in His grace allowed them to make peace with this wicked individual before he was taken from this earth. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Maybe you don't know of anything you need tonight in your life for peace. Well, take my word for it as the pastor. There are people here who need it. So if you don't need it tonight, will you please help me pray for them? And I'll go ahead and pray for you because by the time you get home tonight, who knows, you might need it. Ain't that right? Amen. Can we just lay our hand over on one another if you would? Brother West, come up here, buddy. Let me pray for you and you pray for me. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, as we bow our heads, Father, each of us, no doubt, Lord, have been to that place, and maybe some of them are tonight, that they long for peace in their hearts. Not, not peace with you between you and their soul they're in a right standing there but maybe it's finances maybe it's health maybe it's family members God you know what it is I pray for them tonight God in the name of Jesus may the spirit of God not only move on this visible audience but those that will stream this service Father in the name of Jesus Christ may the peace of God cover us tonight Lord May the peace of God go out on the internet. Those that are streaming, sitting in the living room, on their phones, on their computers, wherever they are. 
May the peace of God go right now, Lord, to those that are so troubled in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, speak peace to their hearts tonight, God. In the name of Jesus, speak peace, O oh Lord. Praise God. Maybe it's a husband and wife, a father and a mother between a child or a financial situation, whatever it is, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, peace of God, cover us tonight. Cover us, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Father, minister to Brother West, Lord. Lord God, you see his needs tonight. You see, Lord, whatever he might be dealing with in life. Father God, in Jesus' name, minister to my brother, Lord. Minister to him, Father, as he stands, dear God, to take on his heart the burden of our young people. We so appreciate, Lord, with all of our hearts. May you lead him. May you guide him. May you direct him, Lord. Help him, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hey, let's sing that song, Peace of God. Peace of God, cover me, cover me, cover me. Peace of God, cover me.
get to it now. request turned in. Sister Jeannie Gray died this morning, which is Sister Susan Brown's sister. Please remember Brother John and his family during this time. Can we just pray for them? We've, we've prayed for this sister before with cancer. You know, these, these things, friends, uh, I don't think many of these things of life we'll ever totally understand, but we just have to commend it to the hands of our Father. Lord Jesus, I imagine that they must be feeling as we felt in the last few weeks, burying four of ours in the last month, five, Lord, in the last six weeks or so. Lord, it's not easy for us to say goodbye. Lord, we pray for this family tonight and the church family there that has lost this sister. Her name has been called before you so many times. Lord God, we ask tonight, not so much for her now, but by you taking her, allowing her to go through the valley of the shadow of death, it has now left a sadness, a loneliness, maybe even questions in their hearts and their minds, trying to understand, trying to sort through May the peace of God come to them tonight, Lord Jesus. May you help them in this time of what we call our, our great loss. For us, it is a loss. It was this one that we knew, that we loved, that we touched. Father, it's the only thing that we can know about each other, of course. May you help them, Lord. May you comfort them. Lord Jesus, we pray. Praise God in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. How many loves Him with all your heart? Amen. Sing something else for us, Harry. Let's just make melody in our hearts to the Lord, can we? Oh, my, thank God. Well, I'm tired. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm weary. But I'm up. Let's sing it now. 
to Future Home in a while. If you do, you listen to Brother Branham as he comes at the end of the Future Home and he starts singing this song. It always tears me up when he comes to this verse that we just sang because as he sings that verse and he comes down through the bear and the wolf and all that and then he comes down about himself and he says, I'll be changed. 
from this creature that I am. And he gets broke up. And I think, wow, a prophet of God that stood in the presence of God and see things that only you and I could dream about. And he knew he needed to be changed. What about us? Don't you understand, friends? You don't need to just go back to be a young man and a young woman. We all need a change. If we don't get a change, we won't even like folks in heaven. And that ain't half the story. Some of them won't like us. Because there's things left in us, even after the new birth, that just ain't likable. Amen, Brother Donnie. Thank God. We will, I won't just be a young Donnie Reagan. Everybody will love me there. Woo! And I love everybody there. I ain't talking about just the soul. I'm talking about the human makeup. Wow. Praise God. Won't that be something? God bless you. Turn and shake hands with somebody. Tell them it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. Even if you don't think it is, go ahead and confess it anyhow. Maybe it'll hit you the time you get in the car. Amen. Been good, Brother Terry, to be in the house of God. Well, let's sing, everybody will be happy over there. Mm, Well, there's a happy land of promise over in the great beyond. Where the saved of us shall soon the glory share. And the souls of men shall enter and live on forevermore. you saying service in the morning at 11 but before we go I want to invite each of you to go on a hunting trip with me now some of your brothers have said boy I'd love to go hunting with Brother Donnie sometime maybe even some of you sisters thought you'd like to go hunting with me sometime but I'm going to invite all of you on a hunting trip okay we're not going to need a rifle a crossbow we're not going to need a compound bow we're going on a hunting trip for peace anybody like to go all right Let's go. Now, whenever I go deer hunting, depends on where I'm going or elk hunting, and it depends on the land that I'm going to be in, I will dress accordingly. 
Now, if I'm going out to Arizona and I'm not going to be hunting in the leaves, I will not wear leaf camo because I'll stick out like a sore thumb. So I'm going to wear something that's going to blend in. So I'm going to have to blend in to sneak up on peace. So I've got to dress in my God camo. Now, if I really want this game, I'm not going to take along a recliner and a remote. And I'm not going to take along all kinds of things that's going to pamper me and pleasure me. But I'm going to dress light. I'm going to dress, be able to go and get peace because I'll have to no doubt fight through the briars of quarrels and arguments and fussing and debating and this and that and the other. But I want peace and I'm going to get it. Now you ask any of these brothers that I've ever hunted with, I'm a picky sort of a guy. I've let a lot of elk walk. I've let a lot of deer walk. I've let the guides up in Illinois, boy, last year they said, all right, which one of you guys was it that passed up that big so-and-so deer? I said, me. Well, they look at me like, what in the world's the matter with you? I said, well, I want something bigger than what I got. This is my hunt, okay? All right, devil, this is my hunt. I'm on the hunt for peace. If you don't want it, fine, go on your depressed way. But I want it, and I'm warning you, don't get in my way. Anybody want to go? God bless you. Pursue it. Pursue it. It's yours. Praise God. Let's bow our heads together. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, for giving us such simple ways to be able to understand it and comprehend it. I don't think anybody that really was here tonight or hear this in its simplistic way wouldn't be able to comprehend it. Now, the next thing is, let us pursue it with all of our hearts. Lord God, we believe it's part of what you want us to have as the bride tree before we leave this world. Right in the middle of hell, when we've gotten more billionaires than we've ever had, we've gotten more millionaires than we've ever had, we've got some of the richest, wealthiest, most famous, so on and so on and so on, people on the earth, and yet people are more unhappy than they've ever been. So the unhappiness of hell that they're fixing to go to is already vomited out its gates, and unhappiness and discontentment was already on the earth everywhere. Well, Lord, if hell is vomiting out her corruption and her lies, oh God, let the gates of heaven swing open wide that the inhabitants of the city can be able to have joy, peace, satisfaction in the time of storm and trouble. Grant it, God. Let me leave little glimpses of heaven on this earth before I leave, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Go with us now. Bring us back in the morning. If it be pleasing to you, Lord, thank you for the service tonight, God. Go with us now, we ask, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. Go in the fear of God. Everybody will be happy over there. I'd kind of like to be happy going over there, wouldn't you? Amen. God bless you. Go in the fear of God. Sing it out. Will everybody will be happy? Singing around the throne in that land where no 
Christians of all ages will join in the triumph song. Everybody will.